is your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? Welcome inside Adapting with Alex Garrett. Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Let's adapt together right now. Well, this is the eve of Election Day, and we're going to talk about the adaptations to the election process for those with disabilities. And I couldn't think of a better paper, a better organization to talk to than Able News. That's right. If you've ever been in the games for the Physically Challenged or if you've ever been to Henry Viscardi School, you see Able News right there. And I've got the publisher, Angela, Angela Melody, on the line with me. Angela, it's so nice to have you on and, and finally to get involved with Able. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Alex. It's good I to speak with you. You guys are iconic. You're seen everywhere. But you are focused on this election. So let me first ask about the adaptations that you guys have noticed at the election booth. Has it been easy for people with disabilities to vote this year? Have you had any problems? Have you heard of any problems or help people even? We we usually hear about it after the fact. Uh, but I know that there were many adaptations um, I've been on an ADAPT voting uh, Zoom every week where they've been preparing, and they were able to get um, online applications and uh, mail-in ballots and online ballots and voting online. So there's, there are plenty of ways to do it. I'm just not sure how if there were any glitches. And and we won't know that until after the election, after tomorrow, probably. Granted, I um I roll around, so I'm kind of it's, it's easier to maneuver around the city and the voting booth. But I will say, New York City voting uh, the elections actually had this fast pass for people with disabilities. I'm we didn't know how they knew, but they gave us a fast pass, and I'm sure you'll hear some of that too in New York City that they were able to do that for people with disabilities. They gave you a fast pass? They did. It was kind of like a, a ticket, and I was able to go to the front of the line. I'm not sure how many others got it, but I know that I had been able to, to use that. So I'm not oh, sure. That's if, great. You know, my son My son lives in Brooklyn, and he had some kind of card also. He's not disabled, but he, he waited online actually for two hours. But <clears throat> but I didn't know what that card was because I'm on Long Island. I've never seen that before. We don't need any ID here to vote. So I, I wonder if everyone got a pass, and, and yours, the ones for people with disabilities were special. Well, I'd have to show you a picture of it. Uh, I'll email you it when we're done here. Now, Angela, i got to ask, it made the front page of ABLE on the newspaper. Why is this election so front page material for the disabled community? Well, the presidential election is always an issue. It's always on our front cover in the, the this month we um, we actually featured it in October and November. Uh, October we compared the two presidential candidates and their policies, and uh, the, the November one is just kind of reminding people to vote and to look back at the November issue to see what what the uh, policies are. And, and what did you guys find? Well. I guess we found, I don't have the October issue in front of me. Um, well, this health care is important. Health care is very important to people with disabilities. Um, uh, and I, I think normally Democrats are 
a little bit more sensitive or a lot more sensitive to people with disabilities. Um, but in, just just uh, all of the issues that people with disabilities have, uh, well, the discrimination factor um, and uh, the Affordable Care Act, of course, is important. Uh, it's always uh, a factor. People, people need they need home care. Um, it, it, the same issues that always seem to come up, unfortunately, um, economic security, paid leave for caregivers, are, are some of the issues. Um, disability uh, disability programs and SSI and SSD and keeping people in their homes um, rather than putting them in nursing homes, uh, which would that would uh, be part of paid leave for caregivers so that so that people would be able to get caregivers in their home. It, it's always a big issue. Um, trying to people keep people out of out of facilities. Sure, especially during COVID. Now, I knew a couple of people, or at least one, that had caregivers on the COVID floor and then go to her home. Have you heard stories like that at all? No, not really. No. Interesting. No, I just knew that, and it was um, it's a little unnerving when you find out that your caregivers are on the COVID floor and then come to you and you pray that they're all... Oh, I see what you're saying. They, they were, no, we haven't heard of anything like that. But um, we don't really have a direct line to, to that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that, that would be pretty unnerving. Even, it, even just people going from one home to another uh, is a little scary. People with disabilities, many are so vulnerable and in poor health to begin with, um, having having attendants go from one place to another or coming back and forth on the subways or buses, public transportation, um, you really has to be very, very careful. We're talking about Angela Melody. She's the publisher of Able News. Now, you guys have always been sort of seen as an advocate for the community. What have you been advocating for, especially during this time, election aside, during COVID alone? Well, we like to think of ourselves as a, an independent um, news organization rather than advocates. But I, we actually started the paper in 1991. Um, and as time went on, I think, I think we turned into more advocate or at more advocacy settings than, than just plain news. We try to be even-handed. We try to to uh, supply the news without bias, but much news about people with disabilities is biased towards helping people with disabilities. Right, and, and so uh, through your content, how do you hope to shape the message for people who aren't in the community but do find ABLE News either through a stand or, or have friends? Like, how do you try and get it to the ABLE community, like, hey, we are here um, at ABLE News, and, and here's what we want you to know. We do, we do a little bit more than just deliver to. We, we deliver to people who have subscribed to the paper, and we are online now. 
um, we have two editions, a New York edition and a Long Island edition. And we we also we don't know we we put the paper in all the libraries. So it, it used to be in New York when the New York edition is now only online, but when it was uh, a print edition, it would be in all the libraries. And the Long Island edition is still printed, and that's in all the libraries. So that's how we get to the able-bodied community. They pick it up in libraries. Sometimes, you know, when you go to a diner or something, there are some, or a grocery store, sometimes there are papers out there. So we try to distribute to able-bodied people as much as possible because people just don't understand unless it's happening to them. If, if getting into a restaurant, one step is 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 like a mountain to a person in a wheelchair, uh, and unless it's you that's experiencing it, most people who are able-bodied don't understand. So we try we try to get the word out that way. Angela, I I have been trying to focus this podcast back to adapting and and really making sure people know there are resources for adaptation. And you guys deal with that. Like you partner with people who have adaptive, uh, you know, leanings and, and can help people adapt. Do you want to weigh in on that? Like, cause I see all the ads and all the people that you have in there. Um, wh- how do you guys help the community adapt? How do we help the community adapt? I guess just, just, Getting the word out and and telling people how to adapt. I mean, what what's available to them? What um, like we we have ads like Track Phone, which is which is uh, available to people with disabilities. Ramps um, and attorneys. Uh, we even have dating ads um, and all kinds of different different um, kinds of uh, adaptations, actually. Most of our ads in the paper and and our stories are geared toward toward people making their homes or their businesses more accessible. Well, let's talk about the, the content, the stories. I mean, you do have an amazing selection. So what goes into the process of choosing what story is fit to print in Able News? Wow. Uh... Well, whatever's relevant. I mean, we get we get a tremendous amount of, of uh, emails, and we search through that, and um, we have people pitching stories to us, and um, and whatever's relevant to the community is what we use. We try not to do any stories that are general stories. Like if it, if it's not an actual disability content or link. We don't use the story. It, it, you can get that news elsewhere. And I would say being there, being that focused on on your mission is is helping, isn't it? It helps you guys grow. I'm sorry. Being so focused on that mission to narrow in on that, on that alone helps you guys expand in the community, wouldn't you say? I would. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. How many people would you say uh, look to Able News? for their stories, for things that maybe even can uplift them during this time? Well, we do. We we put out 8,000 print copies every month, and we have about uh, 
5,000, I think, readers online. That's a that's a great number. And again, it's sort of like a hidden gem because to me, I find that the the adaptation world, the the good news from the disabled community is kind of like not on the mainstream. And that's that's why I want to bring you guys into the light and tell people, yes, there is an outlet. And, and also for people who, let's say, are afraid to adapt. Would you say there's that, too? Like we want to inspire people to adapt and and because uh, there is a number of people that don't know how to adapt to certain situations. Wouldn't you agree? Are you talking about uh, like people with disabilities that are afraid to adapt or organizations or businesses? Well, I think all three, but certainly people who may have had an you know amputation or who became disabled or families. I mean, it's not an easy thing to adapt. So no. how do you guys help them ease into that process? Well, we through the different stories we run, I know that people who who have a new disability are always always very frightened they don't want to accept it um and it takes time it's like a it's like a mourning process even uh sometimes and um they their families have to help them and work with them and uh, and try to understand what's happening and it's a it's it's a lot to learn and a lot to to go through to figure out the, everything that needs to be done and what everything that's available to them and again, the powerful stories, in addition to the people that you work with to help, the powerful stories, I think, give a, a uplifting feeling as well, wouldn't you say? I would hope. I would hope that's really our goal is to help people and to to, to have them uh, uplifted and, and just to, to really just get good information. Well, any favorite stories that you've printed, election aside, any favorite stories that you've printed over the last couple months that, that people should really keep their eyes on um, for some uplift during this time? Well, I, I, I personally love, we did an obituary on Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the things that she's done for the disability community, the decisions um, that she's made as far as uh, uh, the Olmstead decision she did. The, she did. Um, she wrote the decision on on Umstead, and um, she was an advocate. Um, a lot of our stories are about legislation that, and and what's happening for people with disabilities. Um, it, I'm I'm just leafing through here to see. Sure. Uh, I mean, we have back to school tips, and since. Since COVID hit, we've been doing a lot. I mean, in the beginning, we we had almost whole issues about COVID um, and how how to make your way through and how to get what you need. Um, there's one one story we did in the October issue where families who um, were concerned about losing losing their home care. Uh, and possibly having their their loved ones put back into institutions, did a a rally, an automobile rally, that I think started in Montauk and went all the way up to Albany. And um, they referenced Willowbrook as as a horrible, horrible situation that they don't want to go back to. Sure. Well, let's talk about the drive-by, because I know that's uplifted the community a lot, because, you know, some people who are, a lot of people with disabilities were afraid to go and because of the immune system and everything, but the drive-bys really uplifted people, and I'm sure you wrote about that in ABLE. 
I'm I'm not familiar with what you're speaking about. Well, like drive-by birthdays and drive-by. Oh, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, we did a lot. We did we did zooms uh, more than drive-bys. Actually, we did do a drive-by for Angela's house. Um, I don't know if you know Angela's house. It's a, an organization in Suffolk County where um, there are children who are so medically fragile that they can't stay in their own homes, but. Um, Bob Palacastro uh, started the organization, and they buy homes, and they retrofit them so that these children can stay in these homes with, with AIDS and help. Um, so we, we did a, an issue where the Zoom, a Zoom they, they, did as, they did a Zoom thanking their caretakers, and that was on our front page one month. That's so, that's so cool. Um... And then... Yeah. Then also at Angela's house, they do drive-by birthdays. Um, they put out big signs all over the front lawn if it's one of the children's birthdays and the families come and, um, and spend time with them. You know, Viscardi, my, my alma mater, my home, my roots, they actually tried to get the Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or however it was, mixed scheduling and have the kids back to school a little bit. I mean, that was... Uh, quite an effort. Do you find other schools for kids with disabilities and other centers trying to do mixed for people to get back out a little bit, even safely? I haven't seen that. Did, did, Viscardi, did Viscardi succeed at that? They had a couple cases, but it sounds like they had it under control. So I, you don't know if there were other centers that, that did open. Um, I do not. I do not. I'm... I'm very concerned about about the schools. And I, I know children with disabilities need to that that one-on-one. They need the in-person attention, uh, and it's just so hard with with the Zoom uh, trying to trying to teach them that way. I yeah, I can only imagine. It's it's got to be frustrating for the parents as well. But yeah. I, you said you did a lot of COVID coverage. Did you find a lot of people coming to? able news for uh, for something during this to to hold on to to say yes we can get through this you know we don't get a lot of feedback like that I mean we send the papers out and we we, we get compliments very often but we don't usually get specific um, that kind that kind of specific uh, oh this helped me or that helped me but we did we did I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, we have we have every month we have a letter from the commissioner, the mayor's office for people with disabilities, uh, talking about what what's new. It started. He started. Victor, Calice, uh... Victor, yeah, he started writing when COVID started, and he's been doing it every month on our page two, uh, in our New York edition, and he gives a lot of information. Yeah, and I was I was just looking at the page. You know, I was just thinking if people do want a story to give to Abel, how can they do that? How can they be part of this uh, mission and journey you guys are on and, and maybe, you know, get their word out through you guys, like, hey, things are going to be okay type of thing or tips and whatnot? Or, yeah, whatever they whatever they have of interest to people with disabilities, they certainly can send it to ablenews at aol.com. That's where our editorial comes in. And do you find that, I'm sure you find a lot, especially during this time, people writing to you like, I want to yeah. get my word out here. Yep, yep. 
hundreds, hundreds of emails we get every month. And is the sifting process tough? Like, is that like a tough process? Like, oh my gosh, these are all so good, but like what makes the cut? How do you make the cut for Able News? Well, I I actually, I don't do the editing, but I actually go through all the emails and um, I just pick out the the ones that, that are important, the ones that have good information. Um, it, it's, it, I don't know, it, it's just, uh, there are a lot that come in and a lot that get discarded. It, again, some things don't have a direct, um, a direct disability hook, so we don't use them. Um, but there, there's a lot of good, good information that does come in that way. Obviously, you guys are very in tune with the games, and I always love seeing your your paper out there. Uh, what's that mean to write that follow up on the keynote speaker? every year like you do really good great work on that and uh, I've always wondered the behind the scenes of that like you obviously find out then you write the article and it's a really good compliment to the actual ceremony we um, we also in the in that issue we also have the uh, athletes writing little pieces um, about their experiences at the games I don't know if you ever saw that we do the keynote speaker on the cover and then inside we have the the actual athletes Doing, uh, we use their picture and their school name and their age and and how they feel about the games, which is they they enjoy that. Um, the games are really special to me. Uh, I the game I was with the games before we started Able Newspaper. The games started in 1985, and I I've been a volunteer ever since. And again, the games are really a very special program. I don't know if you know, but there there are thirty, I think thirty committee heads that actually run the games. They're all volunteers. There are one, two, three people at the top that are that are not volunteers that are paid. But every aspect of the games has has a committee head. So uh, the, there's a water committee. There's a food committee. There's a um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, I'm sorry. Well, there was awards too. There's the awards committee. Awards committee. There's track and field, basketball, all of them really, and it's it's they're well, all they all put it together, you know. Yeah, and the, those 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 committee heads are the same people that started in 1985. They keep coming back year after year after year because they love it so much. And so you still obviously go to the games even at Able, right? You still come through and, sure. and see everybody. that it's always special. And uh, you know, I used to do that from five to twenty-one. I can't believe it, and I love right. coming back to volunteer. And uh, it was pretty cool how I got to introduce myself to you. You're like, oh, it's Alex. I'm like, yep. We're, it, that's the community we're in. It's a very tight knit, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Every year, I mean, the people. It's like a family. It's it's just we all come back and. And just enjoy seeing each other again after after a whole year. We kind of missed it this year because we we had to cancel them. Well, I ended but, up calling a lot of my a lot of our friends there just to catch up with my dad and I. We were all sitting together. We were sitting together calling all these different people, Sue Maxwell and everybody. And it was just so cool mm-hmm. to just hear their voice at least, even though it, it couldn't happen this year. Uh, but I would say the tight knit community 
overall is what gets us through these kind of crises, wouldn't you say, and actually helps us adapt? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Even even in the able-bodied community, it, it, people, your friends, your, your associates, everybody coming together keeps, keeps us going. So from able-bodied, Angela Melody, what is your, first of all, I always like to ask all my guests this, what is one thing your, the community and your friends and family may not know about you that you've never shared but are willing to? Like, what's one thing people don't know about the publisher of oh, Able wow. News? Wow. <laughs> uh, well, I guess at this point in time, I'm actually looking to move on, and, and uh, it's been 30 years. Uh, I'd love to have someone else take over the paper so that I could retire. I, I don't think I've told anyone that, but... Uh, well, breaking news. We, we we have a retirement announcement. Not yet, not yet, not but I yet. guess soon enough. Right? Hopefully, I, I hate to just have to walk away from it and not keep it going. I know a lot of people do watch for it every month and, and do get a lot of information from it, so I would hate to have to just stop. So I'm about to start looking for ways to keep it going. Well, anything that Alex Garrett and adapting with Alex Garrett could do, what can we do to help you in that process? I guess find someone who's interested in in publishing a newspaper. Either uh, it, I think it would have to be an organization that's involved with people with disabilities or a group of newspapers that would add it to their to their collection of newspapers that they publish. Well, I will definitely keep an ear out and an eye out, and I can uh, I can put some feelers if you want. But for now, you're still there. You're still at the helm. And um, I guess it's too early to figure out what December is going to be, but I'm guessing it's going to be an election result recap type of thing and what, what's next for the disabled community. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, depending on who wins. Uh It'll it'll either be really good for the disabled community or maybe status quo. Um, that'll that'll probably be December. And looking forward to the next year and and how we can start. I don't even know if we'll be able to start getting back to normal. I mean, Dr. Fauci doesn't think we'll be able to do that for almost another year, which is a little disheartening. But. Um, it's a very hard time we're going through, and especially hard for people with disabilities. Well, and that's why I think talking about things that could be, that, that are uplifting like you guys are doing, and it, it'll distract us from, from the reality of things. That's, that's what my hope is to just, yes, face reality, but also what can we do to say, hey, there is some light here in this very dark tunnel we seem to be in. Yeah. And, and you know, as the clock turns every year, it's very tough. The, the sun it just sets at like four o'clock and you're like, what do I do now? Because it's so dark out. Right. Now you got a pandemic that this is happening and I can't imagine yeah. um, what what's going through people's minds. But I guess the, the hope is to ease their minds, right? Yeah. Yep. And I so I, I would say able newspaper does that they give you the the real news and they also give you some 
you know, positivity and uplifting, they say the newspaper positively for, by, and about the disabled uh, community, ablenews.com. Are you guys on Twitter at all or Facebook? We are. We are. We're on both. At Able News, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll find you there, and we'll tag it here. And, and I'm Alex Garrett. Angela uh, Melody, thank you so much for joining and, and giving us an insight into this beautiful uh, paper that you guys are. And, and please stay in touch. Thank you so much, Alex. I'm Alex Garrett. This has been Adapting with Alex. And remember to adapt with us each and every episode. Angela, that was exactly...